Welcome to the Gorefine Schiller and Garden podcast series. Today, we're speaking with Chuck Fonce, who's the Director of Business Valuation and Litigation Support at GSG, about all things business valuation. And Chuck, thanks for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me, Matt. Yeah, sure. Let's go ahead and start at the top. Can you tell us what is a business valuation is, or what is it, and why it's important? Well, sure. I'll take a little bit of a step back. I would say at 30,000 feet, business valuations involve measuring risk and reward associated with the business that you're looking at. The reward is how much cash the business will make for its owner in the future and how fast it will make it. And the risk is that the future is uncertain. So you can't be sure exactly how much cash the business will make or when it will make it. So it could make more or less than you think, and that could happen faster or take longer than you think. So a business valuation considers how buyers and sellers might look at those two issues, cash flows and the associated risks, and come to an agreement about an amount to exchange today for all of those uncertain amounts that are expected in the future. And the reason a valuation may be important depends on what it's being used for. If it's being used in the context of a transaction, it's important for buyers and sellers to have some comfort that they're being adequately rewarded for the risk they've incurred or will incur for operating the business. So the way to tell that would be to understand what the value of the business is. If it's being used in the context of litigation, it's important for the parties to understand what resolution to this dispute they believe will make them whole. Because that allows them to put on their case on the one hand and potentially settle the case. And then if it's being used in the context of compliance reporting, it's important in order for the client to be able to have their tax filings accepted by the IRS, for instance, in the case of tax reporting compliance, or in the case of financial reporting compliance, it's important for the client to be able to get auditors to sign off on their financial statements. All right, great. If you don't mind, let's talk a little bit more about the typical scenarios that you're called in for to do evaluation. We'd love to hear more about that. Well, sure. So you could see from my last answer that I put business valuations in three buckets, which are transaction support, litigation support, and compliance reporting. In the context of transactions, I'm frequently asked to evaluate the effects of different scenarios regarding you know, the usual suspects like expected growth and profitability for the business, as well as the effects of synergies that specific buyers may be able to realize. And that's relevant to both the buyer, because that informs what they may be willing to pay based on what additional benefits they may get from acquiring a company. And it's obviously uh, relevant to the seller because if they know that the buyer can add one and one and get three, they're going to try and make a case that they should get uh, part of that. Litigation, on the other hand, includes valuing businesses in divorce settings, for instance, but it also includes calculating the economic damages incurred by business resulting from things like a breach of contract. And in the context of compliance reporting, valuations are required for tax reporting purposes, which is things like gift and estate taxes, and also for financial reporting purposes, which includes things like calculating the value of equity compensation 
And then there's a thing called a purchase price allocation, which is required when one company buys another. And in that case, my job is to explain the difference between the amount the buyer pays on the one hand and the amounts on the seller's books and records. And that difference always and everywhere amounts to intangible assets like brands and customer relationships, as well as goodwill, which the accounting rules say you're not allowed to record them on your books and records if you make them, but you have to record them on your books and records if you buy them. Got it. Great insights there. And if you don't mind, let's dive in more to the litigation side of things. Any interesting stories to share on that side? Well, I actually enjoy the litigation side of things. When I was a young man, I was a mediocre athlete. Now that I'm an old man, I can't do that anymore. So it's the closest I get to competition. But in litigation context, the role of an expert is to assist the trier of fact to understand the evidence. And so the trier of fact is either a judge or a jury. And to do that, I have to be part professor and part salesman. The professor part involves explaining the principles and methods used in my analysis and the facts those principles and methods require in order to yield an answer. The salesman part involves persuading the trier of fact that I have, in fact, reliably applied those principles and methods to the facts. And what I found is that the salesman part is easier, the better I do the professor part. Because the only thing an expert can be an advocate for is his opinion. He can't be an advocate for his client. The role of an expert is to be objective and unbiased, which, by the way, is exactly the opposite of the role of an attorney whose job is specifically to be subjective and biased in favor of their client. So it's an interesting contrast. But anyway, if I explain the principles and methods that I used properly, I will have made it clear that I have applied them to the facts in the most reliable way, which is to say in a way that is more reliable than the expert on the other side. All right. Chuck, appreciate your time today. And Really, our last question is more like a trend focus. So what are the current trends around valuations? Well, off the top of my head, two current trends are related to each other, but they manifest in different ways. The first trend is inflation, which is much higher over the past couple of years than it had been for the past couple of decades before that. The effect of inflation varies from one business to the next. I mean, for companies that have sufficient pricing power, inflation is somewhere between a neutral to a positive because they can just pass along increases in their cost structure. But for companies without sufficient pricing power, it can create real headaches when, you know, for instance, they have to decide between reducing margins with the hope of maintaining volume on the one hand, or if they need to maintain their margins, they take the risk of losing volume. The second trend which is related to inflation is interest rates. Inflation has gone up a lot, so of interest rates. So in addition to making it harder for companies to service their debt and therefore having less cash available to distribute to equity owners, higher interest rates have also made it harder in many cases to get debt financing. And one area where this has had a significant effect is the M&A market, where I was just reading a report the other day the level of activity in the M&A market is still you know, relatively high. That hasn't gone down very much, but multiples have declined 
by about 10% compared to starting from a couple of years ago and then going back from there. They had been pretty stable for the better part of a decade. But in the last couple of years, the multiples, you know, broadly speaking, any individual company to be different, but broadly speaking, multiples have come down by 10%. All right. This concludes the Scorefine Schiller and Garden podcast interview with Chuck Fonts, who's the Director of Business Valuation and Litigation Support at GSG. And as you heard, Chuck was kind enough to share his insights on all things business valuation. And Chuck, as always, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure, Matt. Thanks for having me.